On Sundays, we are looking at Baptist history, and as Pastor Logan said this year, I'm making a goal to introduce you to 50 Baptists or events in uh, people or events in Baptist history. We have studied some very early Baptists. You would recall we studied Patrick of Ireland, who lived or was born about 380 A.D., lived for about 100 years as he evangelized uh, Ireland and Scotland, started churches there in, in those two islands. Uh, we looked at the Waldensians of Italy, who uh, historians say date back to as far as 700 A.D., and uh, they flourished between 700 and 1300, and, and their, their wonderful story and how they had to flee persecution to, the, to the, uh, the northern part of Italy and hide in the valleys and the caves. Then we took seven or eight lessons and looked at the Anabaptists and the price they paid for really blazing the trail for us. Uh, so now we are studying men in the 1600s. If you recall, last week we looked at John Bunyan. Uh, but uh, you will see, and we begin to see that the persecution is changing. Uh, now Bunyan still had a price to pay. He, he uh, went to prison for more than, more than 12 years for his beliefs. But rather than death by burning and death by drowning, now the persecution takes a little bit different uh, avenue, I would say, and the persecution is more prison sentences and, and, and beatings. It does seem that God is using these amazing Baptist forebears and others like them to slowly change society and government's thinking about religious liberty. I will say that the price was horrible, but God moves in the affairs of men to accomplish his will. So today is the 10th in our series of 50 Baptists You Should Know, and this morning I want to look at Roger Williams and one of the most important events in, in American history. Roger Williams was born in 1603 in England. He was saved, as far as we can tell, while he was a college student at Cambridge University. He was training there to be an Anglican minister. And after salvation, he uh, quickly separated himself from the Church of England and to follow uh, a Puritanism, to become a Puritan. Well, that immediately uh, brought, or brought him under the wrath of the, of the Church of England. And the American part of our story starts in 1630 when the great Puritan leader John Winthrop uh, came to America with over a thousand of his followers, uh, men, women, children, followed him to America, and they settled Massachusetts Bay, uh, the Massachusetts Bay Colony, which, which would become uh, the colony of Massachusetts. As they set out for England uh, that April, Winthrop reminded, Winthrop reminded them of uh, their purpose, and this is what he said, our purpose is to establish a city upon a hill dedicated to God, obeying God's laws and flourishing in God's image as a model for the entire world to see. Williams and his family would follow and join them a few, a few months later. At first, it seems like an ideal system. I mean, what could go wrong? Listen to that. Uh, we are a city upon a hill dedicated to God, obeying God's laws and flourishing in God's image. But what would become clear was that as good as their intentions were, the Massachusetts government believed that the state must uh, prevent error in religion. So think about that. Um, they believed, and they believed this very strongly. They believed this was the, the, the success of the Massachusetts colony depended upon it. Well, Williams, uh, who rose quickly in their ranks, a tremendous preacher and pastor, uh, he didn't disagree with the theology at that time, but he, he, he brilliantly saw, if I could put it that way, um, that then the government would be deciding what was right or wrong in worship or beliefs. So think about what he's thinking there. And this, this thinking is, um, 
I'm not going to say only his, but, but very unique in world history. Um, this wouldn't work because government is made up of fallen men. We're all sinners. And uh, because men are sinners, they will eventually be corrupt. And so he concluded that government must renew, remove itself from anything that touched upon human beings, a human being's relationship with God. Now, that statement right there basically will change world history. Uh, just an amazing thought that really nobody had really put down that thought because they probably didn't think it was possible. But he says, I'll read it again. He concluded that government must remove itself from anything that touched upon a human being's relationship with God. And a society built on the principles that Massachusetts was, was espousing would lead at best to hypocrisy because forced worship, he felt, uh, as he wrote, stinks in God's nostrils. One interesting quote that he made, I think, is uh, very uh, informative. He says, mixing church and state corrupted the church, referring to the English church. And when one mixes religion and politics, one gets politics. So now at the same time, Williams is a godly man. He has a genuine spiritual concern for the Indians around him there in Massachusetts. He went out among the, uh, uh, to Massasoit and the Narragansett, and he made friends. He learned their language. He taught them the Bible. He taught them how to read the Bible. The Indians, for their part, were delighted that a white man would, would meet with them as equals, and many, many of these Indians are saved under Roger Williams' ministry to them. He even drafted a treaty of friendship uh, with the tribes to be able to move among them and, and preach. So to make a long story short, in January of 1636, Williams is banished by the authorities of Massachusetts for his outspoken beliefs on religious freedom, and soldiers were sent to arrest him, put him on a ship, and send him back to England. Now John Winthrop, go back to uh, the governor, John Winthrop, who brought the, the Puritan people over, he actually tipped off Williams that the soldiers were coming, and Williams decides to escape and continue the fight for liberty of conscience. He bundles himself up in, a, in his great coat. He stuffs food in his pockets. He kissed his wife and baby goodbye, and he, and he stole out into the, into the winter night. Now, the winter night had turned into a storm, which would turn into a blizzard. And Williams, uh, for the next 12 hours, pushes through uh, forests and fields and over rivers. Just a, a, a very difficult time. And eventually, he, uh, he arrives at the camp of the Narragansett Indians. They, will, they greet him as a friend. Uh, they, they feed him and basically save his life. Uh, he would be delirious for weeks because of, of that cold. And the Indians uh, insisted that he stay with them and stay in hiding with them. So during that winter, he stayed with them. Something very interesting happened. He became the mediator um, and helped, he became a mediator and helped reconcile um, a, a brewing fight, a, a huge disagreement that was, that was coming between two Indian chieftains. War was averted, and Chief Massasoit, in gratitude, gave him a tract of land, which is today Providence, Rhode Island. Now, during his exile, God led him to decide that he would establish his own independent colony, one that would be open to all who desired to enjoy religious freedom. So in the spring, he founded the colony of Rhode Island with a guarantee of liberty of conscience for all citizens. Baptists, Jews, uh, Catholics, Protestants could come and worship with freedom. He was almost 200 years ahead of his time in these beliefs. And then he began the First Baptist Church in the Western Hemisphere, the First Baptist Church of, of Providence, Rhode Island. At a time when many were exploiting the Indians, 
the Spirit of God worked through Roger Williams to prepare the way for the establishment of a place where religious liberty could prosper, where those who loved it could settle and from which freedom of conscience could be proclaimed to the world. But what's interesting to me in this story is it all began with personal soul winning. Williams was burdened for the Indians. He went to evangelize them at great personal danger, and God in his providence began a series of events that would, would change the world. Now, that's our story of Roger Williams. Uh, at the very same time, God is touching the heart of another Puritan minister in Massachusetts named John Clark, and he is looking for a place for his church to worship freely, and he will leave Massachusetts uh, with his congregation and try to find that place. So if you'll please come back next week, we'll learn the story of John Clark.